Hey, it's Ella and Daddy, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast, where our goal is to speak out the truth of the Bible so that our listeners may be encouraged to live in a manner worthy of their calling. Together, we pray that God would use this episode to strengthen and guide you on your faith journey. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. This week we are going to be discussing Easter and we fully realize that we are a week late to the party. Um, I would love to say it's intentional, but it definitely wasn't. Me and Ella both (laughs) sat down on Saturday and we were like, oh my goodness, it's like Easter coming up. And then we're like, our Friday episode already came out. Definitely didn't talk about Easter. And Easter is the whole point of why we're doing this podcast is Christ's death and is coming back to life is why we're saved and why we talk on here but yeah i mean it's cool addy and i aren't very good with calendars or scheduling things so i but you know easter is worthy of our celebration every day right so and we're just gonna help you guys relive all the little holidays and give you meaning behind what you already went through so it's great like yeah just some reflection time right Yeah. So we're going to just at the beginning kind of just discuss the Easter timeline and just the little events in that. So it kind of starts out with just the week leading up to Easter. And this is what we call the Holy Week. And so the Holy Week begins with this event that we call Palm Sunday. And this is when Jesus traveled to Jerusalem and has his triumphal entry on the donkey. You can read about this in John 12, 12 through 16. And this was when Jesus was on his donkey. Um, They laid the palm branches down, their coats, their cloaks down. The crowds were yelling, Hosanna. And it's really crazy because just a week later, the crowd went from yelling, Hosanna, like praising Jesus and like basically claiming him as king to crucify him, like Mm -hmm. kill him, which I don't know, just a crazy turn of events that's going to occur in just a week. And my church in particular doesn't really do anything super special for Palm Sunday. Um, We don't do the whole like you get the palm branches sort of thing, but um, we do kind of talk about it, I guess, on church on Palm Sunday. My church hands out like actual palm leaves, like real palm leaves there in water and everything. And everyone walks in at the beginning of the service with their palm branches and then they set them down in a bucket at the foot of the cross. And then after the service, they always just, like, hand out all the palm branches to the kids and stuff, which is fine, but that means in the car ride at home, all my younger siblings are beating each other with these palm (laughs) branches, and it actually kind of hurts. I've been whipped by palm branches too many times to count. Moral of the story, palm branches are a great weapon. (laughs) I guess. Anyways, totally not the point of this. Addie's random life thought of the day. Where in the world do you just buy palm branches? Like, where does a church just be like, man, we're going to go order some palm branches. If you guys know, like, please let us know on Instagram. Not because I want to buy some, but just to feed my pure curiosity. Yeah, I have no idea where my church gets them, so. Huh, maybe there's like a palm branch dealer online. I don't know. I don't know. Never know. Enlighten us, guys. (laughs) Anyways, so... Yeah, we have Palm Sunday, everyone is celebrating Jesus, and then fast forward a couple days to Maundy Thursday, and this is a pretty big day. This is Jesus' Last Supper, and this is where we get communion from now, 
where Jesus gives the disciples bread and wine. And he also washes his disciples' feet, which is really significant because washing of the feet is a job reserved for the slaves during that time because a lot of people didn't wear shoes, and if they did, it was sandals. So their feet were dirty and dusty all the time. And And they walked everywhere. Right, right. So whenever they entered a house, the slaves would wash their feet when they came in. And it's just super significant that Jesus is washing his disciples' feet because literally the king of the world is washing feet, doing a job that was reserved for slaves during that time period. So anyways, he does that. Um, He prays. He promises the disciples and the people the Holy Spirit for when he does die. Um, And yeah, so he goes off after their supper and he spends the evening in prayer. But then, as we all know, Judas leads the Roman soldiers to Jesus. He betrays that he trees Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and then Jesus is taken before Pilate, and the trial goes on all night, and he is convicted, and he will be hung. Right, which leads us to Good Friday, not to be confused with Black Friday, two separate holidays. Good- is Black Friday really a holiday, though? Yeah. No, it's shopping. Yeah, but it's a holiday. Like, it's written on the calendar. Wow. Corporate America, we have turned Black Friday into a holiday, a calendar (laughs) holiday. Wow. This was not our point in this point. Anyways, but so, Good Friday. This was the day that Jesus was crucified and hung on the cross for our sins. So, that was when he bore the cross on his back. He walked up the giant hill, (laughs) you know, the cross went in the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. His hands were pounded into the cross as well as his feet, and he hung there essentially to die. Like, they were just awaiting his death. And come about 3 o'clock, he ended up dying. And this is where we have just that significant event of the veil herring in the temple, which basically is signifying, like, I have overcome the law. Yeah. You can now have a relationship with God. Right, right. Through Jesus Christ's death. So, Good Friday, not good for Jesus, but definitely good for all of us because we can be in relation with him. So, then after Jesus dies on Friday, we have Holy Saturday, and this is a very quiet and somber day, the day Jesus spent in the tomb. Like, the world was shook because when Jesus died, like, there's an earthquake, dead bodies rose from the dead, the curtain torn torn to... And everyone was like, what the heck did we do? This guy really was God. So it was very quiet. And I believe it was also Sabbath for them as well. Because when Mary goes to Jesus' tomb to put fragrances and whatever on his body, she couldn't go on Saturday because it was Sabbath. So that's why she waited until Sunday. It's a random side note, but anyways, so it was a very quiet, somber day, and then we have Easter Sunday, so Jesus is alive, and we will talk more about what all happened when he came back from the dead later on, so. And we'll talk about the significance of Christ raising from the dead, because I think a lot of times you're like, oh, yep, Christ died for me. 
<laughs> but if we forget that if Christ just died, there'd be absolutely no power in that. Mm-hmm. Like it's the fact that he overcame death and raised back to life, which right. I don't want to sp- spoil it all now, but like right. there is so much significance in Easter and that's obviously why we celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Well, and in every other religion, the the God of their religion just dies that's it and that's what makes christianity i mean there's a lot of things that makes christianity different from all other religions but a huge part of it is the fact that our king our god is alive right anyways so let's talk about the cross and what the whole significance behind that is just the whole meaning behind that so The cross was a method of execution from the 6th century B.C. to the 4th century A.D. in Rome at the time. So this was the most painful, slow, and excruciating form of death. This is what they used for, like, the worst of the worst, the worst criminals, the rapists, the murders, those kinds of people. And part of the reason why is because when your hands are nailed to the cross and your feet as well for every single breath you have to push up on your feet that are nailed to a cross so you have to push up on those wounds breathe so basically it's like suffocating to death in the most painful way possible mm-hmm. yikes Ugh. <laughs> anyways so that's like the historical meaning behind the cross um but Oftentimes in Christianity, the cross is a symbol of the intersection of God's love and his justice. So these two things that we think don't mix at all, here they are intersecting through Jesus Christ. Right. I love how the cross, um, like you see everyone wearing it on a necklace and just like as this symbol of Christ overcoming death. But those people back then were just persecuting Jesus and being like they were punishing him Mm -hmm. but that punishment is now our sense of hope and I really just love Mm -hmm. how like God turned that upside down yep what you meant for evil I meant for good yeah it blows my mind every time I see that I love that I love that so anyways because we are born sinners we've talked about this in our gospel episode either we ourselves need to take the punishment for our sins which equals death or someone else or something else has to take the punishment so this is why in the old testament the jews would sacrifice animals because this is this was their substitute so that they could have a relationship with god the animal sacrifice took the punishment of their sin through death but we have Jesus who is fully God, fully man, lived a perfect life, so he was able to be our ultimate sacrifice, taking the punishment for all of mankind's sin. So that's why we don't have to give up animal sacrifices anymore because if you trust in Jesus and repent of your sins, then he has already taken the punishment for our sins on that cross. Right, and we actually have an episode coming up where we talk about Christ being a wrathful a wrathful person and a loving god and how he can have those two emotions together and it's really because god is a perfect judge it boils all down to that and that was kind of the reason for having to do these animal sacrifices and the reason for christ's death was because sin could not go unpunished Mm -hmm. it couldn't just keep traveling on and god couldn't just keep ignoring it because a perfect god can't ignore sin right and so that's why 
God was using these animal sacrifices in the Old Testament was because it had to be paid for. It couldn't just be excused. Right. And I think another thing there with that is we all think about how painful, physically painful Jesus' death was, but also the spiritual toll that had to take on him because he was God in the flesh and he lived a perfect life fully God, fully human, and here he was bearing all of our sin, all of mankind's sin from the entire universe, anything that has ever happened, anything that will happen, Jesus bore that sin on the cross. So spiritually, I cannot imagine. Yeah, there's a verse in the Bible that as Jesus was standing on that cross, he says like, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And that was because there was all the sin of the entire world placed on Jesus on the cross at that exact moment. Mm -hmm. And God couldn't even look at him because that's how perfect and holy our God is. And so Jesus was like, God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. I can't, can't even imagine what it'd be like to have your own father, like turn, turn their head away from you when you've never experienced that in your whole life. Like you've been in perfect harmony with your father. And then all of a sudden it's like, why have you forsaken me? And it was because of that sin. And he willingly took that upon himself. Right, right. Even though Jesus is God, he was still separated from God the Father in heaven because of that sin during his death on the cross. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of our next points is, so where did Jesus' spirit go when he died? Yeah, because in Christianity, we believe that when you die, while your body may physically die, your spirit lives on, and you either go to heaven or hell. I'm going to go into this. It's kind of a difficult concept to understand with Jesus's spirit um, itself and where it went. So bear with me. I'll try to keep it light in explanation, but we will give a lot of resources in the description. It's really interesting stuff, so I really encourage you all to look into it more. And hopefully someday we'll do a full episode on this because there's multiple different rabbit holes that we could totally go down in this. We're going to try to give you the surface level, really very top of this. Yeah, yeah. In John 19.30... Jesus says, it is finished. So that's when he gave up his spirit. He released the spirit to God. So to claim that he went to hell after he released his spirit is just not right. Because when Jesus says, it is finished, and he releases his spirit and dies, his suffering for our sin ended right there. So he didn't go to hell and continue to suffer for our sin. So the Bible isn't totally cookie cutter clear on where exactly he went, but a lot of people believe that he went to Hades, which is actually not hell. It is just a spiritual dwelling place for the dead while they await resurrection. We don't know exactly what he did there. We just know that's where he went. It's not hell itself. That's where people went before Jesus died on the cross, before souls just went straight to heaven or straight to hell whatever it's not an issue that we really need to make a big deal about it's kind of like okay so where did jesus go well he the bible clearly says that he went to hades hades is not hell what did he do there not exactly sure but does Mm -hmm. it determine my salvation nope yeah yeah and it also says in luke 23 43 um when jesus is on the cross he has two people nailed on the cross next to him and the two people next to him are people who 
they're thieves, murderers, whatever. They're criminals, and they are deserving of this death. And one of the thieves um, places his trust in Jesus, and Jesus tells him, today you will be with me in paradise. So that also tells us that Jesus didn't go to hell because he's telling the thief next to him, you're going to be with me in paradise today. Right. And I think another really important point to make in that is just the whole argument about does good works get you into heaven? And no, absolutely not. Because Jesus was standing next to these two murderers and this murderer believed in Jesus Christ. What good work is he necessarily going to do that is going to earn his way into heaven while standing there nailed to a cross? Right. Like that doesn't work. And so you can't ever pay your debt of sin. So your sin is just going to keep compiling against you. And there is no good work that you can do that is going to buy that back and forgive that debt. Instead, Jesus had to forgive that for you. And that is done through relationship and through belief in him. Mm -hmm. And we see that clearly through that where Jesus is like, you will be with me in paradise today. Boom, done, forgiven. Yeah. Never again have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's as far as we're going to go with where Jesus went when he died. And then our next point is Easter Sunday. Jesus is physically, he has came back to life, and he is going to ascend into heaven here pretty soon. So in Matthew 28, well, really in all the Gospels, but I'm going to Matthew 28 in particular, there's an earthquake, and the stone in front of Jesus' tomb rolls away, and an angel comes. And they had guards standing outside the tomb as well, and they had it totally sealed shut, and the angel comes. The guards are freaked out by the angel, and then Mary and a couple of the other women were coming. They had, like, herbs and just some oils that they were going to put on Jesus's body. Then the women meet the angel, and they're freaked out as well, but the angel tells them, like, no, Jesus is not here. He is alive. Go tell the disciples. Go tell everyone else. So they run back and tell them, and then Jesus later meets up with the disciples. He gives what we call the Great Commission, and he tells them, you know, I'm leaving, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Go out. Make disciples. Tell other people about me. So then in Acts 1, Jesus actually ascends up into heaven to be with God. Yeah, I want to digress a little bit. Yeah, I went through that pretty quick. Right, but one one point I wanted to make about, you were talking about the Roman soldiers guarding the tomb of Christ, and that's because before Jesus died, he made the comment like, hey, I'm going to come back, like I'm going to rise from the dead. And so these Roman soldiers were sitting there because they didn't want anyone to just steal Jesus's body and just be like, hey, he rose from the dead. He's gone. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, we're going to protect against this. So I'm going to have put a huge stone in front of it. We're going to put some guards out there. Nothing's going to happen. And can you imagine being one of those guards and all of a sudden like the stone rolls away and then like Jesus starts walking out and you're like, huh? Well, like, this is exactly what was not supposed to happen. <laughs> I'm going to be fired. Oh, right. no. Right. Like, I'm just going to run away now. <laughs> that's what I would do. But so Jesus made that promise, and that's why we had those guards standing outside of that tomb protecting them. Yeah. And also, we know that Jesus truly came back to life, and he's physically back to life, because he was walking around. He's with his disciples and the women that were coming to check on his body, and he had the wounds in his hands and in his feet. And 
in the Gospels, we have what we call as Doubting Thomas. So Thomas, one of the disciples, and he was like, Jesus, how do I really know this is you? And Jesus tells Thomas, like, look at my hands, look at my feet. Like, I died for you. I came back to life just like I promised. I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm soon going to go to heaven, but I'm going to give you guys my Holy Spirit. Right. And I think as Christians, we often just dismiss the significance of the fact that Christ actually ascended from the dead. Because really, how great would it be if Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins? End of story. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, end of story. But yet, his coming back to life signified, like, I have overcome death. So death is no longer something that we as Christians have to fear because we serve a God that has overcome death. Yeah. He has said, you know what? Your sin condemns you to death and a death in hell. But no longer are you condemned to a death in hell because of my death. Mm-hmm. And that's really the significance of Easter. So yes, we have Good Friday, which is this amazing day where Christ died for us and forgave our sins. But yet Good Friday would not be good without Easter. Yep. We have to have that coming back to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all the points that we have for today. But really, we just want to get the point across that not only did Jesus Christ die for us, he overcame death. He is alive today. He always has been. He always will be. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that all I have to do is put my hope and my trust in him and I have eternal life. Right. Your good works aren't going to outweigh that. It truly is the gift of Christ. And that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this podcast is because we so strongly believe in this that we want to share this mm-hmm. good news that Christ has overcame death with everyone else. And that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you all in our next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. As always, we'd like to remind our listeners that we're born into a broken world. With that being said, we're not perfect. And we ask our supporters to always fact check our words and opinions on the one and only truth of the Bible. We would absolutely love to hear your episode suggestions or feedback. Check us out on Instagram by typing not me, but you productions into the search bar. Thanks again for the love and support.